0: Okay, very sad. A quick announcement, something to talk about before we start. Today we all heard about the sad and sudden death of Dave Evans. Many will have known Dave as Bolt01, a very talented letterer and also a great editor of books like, or anthologies like Futurequake, Dog Breath, Zarjaz and a lot of other indie small press books. Dave's been about, I've known Dave for 20 odd years, he's been about for years on the scene and uh, an enthusiastic and positive guy uh, just an absolutely exceptional individual and it was very sad to hear about him his him passing so suddenly um just wanted to give a, a, a big shout out to uh to him and um to say what a great bloke and, and how very sad it is and uh, our thoughts go out to his family um before we begin <laughs> Okay, and with that, welcome to episode 85 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Look at that, 85 episodes, who'd have thought it, eh? Here we are still in lockdown. Um, this week we've got a new co-host, uh, a nice surprise. An artist on a certain Pat Mills Space Warp story, as well as the indie comic sensation that is Keir Wordsmith. Um, he's also had the misfortune to collaborate with me. Um, yes, it's Ian Ashcroft. How are you doing, Ian? You are right, man? Hi, Tony. How are you? Um, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm really good. Sorry to hear about your friend and... Um, It's it's very sad. Well, big loss to the community, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's been about for years, and he was just he did it for love, and yeah, top bloke. Yeah, really good, really good dude. Um, Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I'm sure people will appreciate that. There's been a lot of love online for him today, which is nice to see. Nice bit of uh, bit of that going on. Um, How you been doing in lockdown? Have you? Because you you've been working. You're back to physical working, aren't you? In sort of the well, I think you did a lot on Zoom before, didn't you? Is that right?
1: Yeah, we were doing it on Teams doing our tea because i'm a teacher a secondary school teacher we were doing that on teams first and then now we're all back in the classroom being back for quite a while now so right. it's going well you know it's it's hopefully we can get the kids the grades they they deserve and they're not held back by what's gone on but comics wise over lockdown it's been pretty good it's given me time to get i've got issue two of care out and, ish, and the new kickstarter that's just come out yeah, they're pretty, pretty
0: much finished are you art wise
1: yeah, it's all done. It's been done for a while, to be honest. Um, just It's just the comic's just getting pulled together now by Andy Blow, who sort of designs a lot of the accent. Uh, UK good man.
0: Oh, of course he yeah. does. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: he's good, has um, not he? Yeah, he's, he's great. I mean, he, he doesn't realise how talented he is. I, I don't <laughs> think it's <laughs> him on Instagram
0: and stuff. He's always yeah. doing it himself. Um, but he's fantastic artist. yeah i bought a page of his art very cheaply i didn't think i'd tell him how brilliant he was at that point but yeah, <laughs> i know he's <what> saying <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but mate that how how hard how hard did you smash that kickstarter what was it 600 oh. was it or more or was it we we went over 800 yeah i mean we we kept the
1: goal quite like i think the goal was about 500 but we, dave and i were just sort of like it'd be great if we could get somewhere in between issue one and issue two for this one so we went beyond it and well i was just really happy and if anyone's listening
0: who supported
1: it thank you so much good stuff
0: man yeah you gave me a little peek i had a little peek at some of the art the other day looks amazing yeah yeah really good man yeah just blew me away absolutely um I love getting things like that through from people like you to improve my evenings no end. It's uh yeah, good stuff well, man. Well, and also, uh, um, we'll talk about it later, but you've also started a Patreon. That's what all the cool kids are doing apparently.
1: Yeah, well, I I saw uh, another Patreon go up recently Something by like some, moody one. some Yeah, uh, some <laughs> tribute press guys and I thought that's a good idea, but I gave it a shot, and I'm waiting for, <laughs> I'm waiting for some interest. <laughs> <laughs> has to we'll, we'll see. It's a new thing to do. to be honest. I did it because, um, you know, when you've got a Kickstarter going, and it, like that's always in the back of your mind, and uh, yeah. you've got to be interested in, like, oh, I wonder how many backers I've got or whatever. Yeah. And since it's been gone, I'm. I've
0: got a void that I need to fill. So <laughs> yeah, all I do <laughs> is fucking look at my phone. I got a Patreon yeah. and a Kickstarter game at the moment. drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's and a podcast. My whole
1: family was so fed up of hearing
0: about <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> we got banned from talking about it. After <laughs> but saying that, we will talk about your Patreon later. But man, I got to tell you, you give my, your money's worth. I think I got. Thank I think you. I looked at my phone and there was like four things on there today, and uh, all brilliant. But yeah we'll have a chat yeah. about that later um All right, now we were going to do one thing which i'm going to say we're going to probably put away and maybe do another day but you yeah. have um you came up with another book that we're gonna we're gonna talk about did you want to tell the listeners what we're going to talk about
1: yeah the book that i am going to talk and with you today is slain the horn god or Slonia the horn god whichever yeah. way it's announced at the moment uh, but I, i'd go with slain probably and um just, I think we're just looking at book one today, aren't we?
0: Yeah, so for ease, and because I'm going to yeah. sound like a twat if I'm trying <laughs> to say Salonia every five minutes, we're going to say Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Um So uh, written by Pat Mills, art by Simon Bisley, both of which we'll be discussing. Letters by Steve Potter. I have um, a few uh, points about the letters, I'm going to say. Um, and it started in Prog Prog 626 to be fair we're going to talk about book one um, which ran um, in the initial run but it sort of ran in broken lumps through that period in sort of books didn't it for a while Um, where did you first come across it man?
1: Um, well I think to be honest, I wasn't a prog reader when I was growing up. And I think my cousin who was, I might have seen it somewhere along um, when I've been looking through his of 2000 AD. Yeah. And um, I can remember being in Lincoln, and there's loads of second-hand bookstores in Lincoln, and I was in one of them, and I just came across one. The, I think it was book one. And I saw it, and it was like a big... Uh, it felt really nostalgic looking at the artwork. Like, I'd seen it before, but I couldn't place it. So I can yeah. only assume it must have been... Um, but this is as an adult, you know, this is only a few years ago. I mean, I've, I've said um, before, I didn't really get into comics until about 2015. So I was in my yeah. th- mid-30s when I really sort of s- started taking notice. And the book we were going to talk about tonight was sort of like the first book that really drew, drew me in. But The Horned God was one of the the next discoveries, if you know what I mean, that I, that I found. And I, I just found it really strange because it did resonate with me. And, yeah. I have no real recollection of seeing it in the
0: Prague or I I just wasn't exposed to that kind of thing growing up so it's a weird one is it maybe because you're an an artist and a comic fan and I'm a comic fan you know I wonder whether we've got um a visually imprintable memory you know where because some of the images in that it's like remembering an old horror film you saw as a kid you don't quite know the name of it but the the images are so striking and I think that has that effect doesn't it it's almost disturbing some of this book isn't it it's it's frightening, I think you know. A lot of it's disturbing. Uh,
1: the The way Bisley paints and draws, and he, even even when he's not trying to draw something in a grotesque way, there's something about the way he draws anatomy and yeah. places his figures, and the, the the facial features that they pull can can have quite a grotesque look about it.
0: Yeah, I think as my mum would have said, he's probably not right, is he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably <laughs> he might not be. <laughs> So I'll read the little summary from the back. I've got the now, uh, I've got the collected. The uh, you said all oh, your posh. You've got the collector's edition. When you, I sent oh, you a picture of it, the uh, yeah. I've got the which is all the books collected together in a sort of soft cover. And I'll read, I'll read out what the back of it says. For too long, the people of Turn and Og have suffered under the dominion of the drunes, strange druids who have poisoned the land with their magic. Slain has had enough of their tyranny, and through the Earth Goddess, he learns some shocking truths about the priesthood and his own future. Now, Slain must unite the four kings of Turnan Og and use their mystical weapons as he and the Cesare tribe prepare for all-out war. So that's the sort of summary. It is extremely complicated for a 2000 AD story. I'm going to say in a good way, you know.
1: Yeah, and and the, the names as well, and the pronunciation that you have to get. I mean, we're right at the start. We're still not sure <laughs> yeah. how to pronounce the main character's name, are we? So yeah. It is quite um, in the version I've got. I've got like a guide to the Horn God at the at the start, where it's breaking down each of the characters and who they are, and uh, and even showing you the alphabet that they use. And it, it, it's, oh, nice. it's a lot of back matter that's going. on. Mine's like a Fleetway. I don't know. It's just like broken into three volumes, but okay. I mean, it's quite old and battered now. In my
0: mind. Yeah, I mean, it's widely thought of as the the best you know, amongst the best of 2000 AD and it sort of famously spearheaded the Hachette series that came out. Um, it was sort of the first, the first, the first book to come out from there. It's, um, a classic Slanes, um, a strange character who was, who was a later classic, I think, because he didn't appear till 380 in the, in the, in the the, prog 380. And he, I'm going to say he's a character who has survived a multitude of styles and approaches you know art, both artistically and narratively um, yeah i've been a fan of him since the first prog i saw it in so 380 um have you read any of the other artists work on it uh, i really love glenn fabry's artwork on it right um i i would
1: say his black and white stuff that he did is probably my favorite artwork on slain okay um, and uh, you know, even the more Leonardo, is it mako I, I can't remember I don't, the name. The recent guy, yeah, but who's amazing. Recent. Yeah, his is amazing. And and I did like Simon Davis's as well, which was um, yeah before him. Um, I ju- I just think it's almost like a showcase for artists. The way this yeah, that's a good way, way to put it. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, you I know, know if you've worked on slain people. Just assume that you're going to be one of the best that's coming <laughs> out.
0: They really do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I agree totally, man, yeah. So created by Pat Mills and Angela Kincaid, who was Pat's wife at the time. Um, yeah. uh, early artists included um, Angela, who was who sort of kicked the story off and returned a little bit here and there. Um, and I read that, and I thought, well, this is interesting. I think there was a little bit of a kerfuffle, you know what 2000 AD fans are like, but there was a little bit of a kerfuffle about what is this fantasy character doing in a science fiction book i mean later on there are science fiction elements to this aren't there we get time travel and stuff
1: um,
0: we do. he sort of sits outside of what you'd
1: expect to see in a 2000 ad book from what from, from you know from what i've seen of it and, yeah. and like you said it's more sci-fi and and, and then you got this kind of like a lot of it's set in the past or in a parallel sort of world i suppose though there's that sort of
0: like mythical past. there is Parliament, really yeah and for those that haven't read it it's very much not lord of the rings it's very mm. much not conan there's a an absolute nasty brutality to it all the time but with a sort of wink of an eye humor as well you know typical of pat's writing really
1: yeah you can hear pat's voice quite often no, in this can, i think uh, yeah uh, mm. there's some scenes with the, the character uko the dwarf where I'm pretty sure Pat's getting quite personal. <laughs> it
0: really is. We'll talk about those we'll talk about those little, <laughs> little comments later because yeah, they're almost like self-referential, aren't they? They sort of yes. refer to what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, a totally man and um so some of the early artists we got Massimo, Massimo Billardinelli who um was an early favorite of mine. I a, a love a lovely black and white artist who Played up the humour, played up the weirdness, the warp spasms were great. And then and then we got Mike McMahon, um, who, um I remember reading it at the time and thinking, Oh, I like I like Billard Nelly's stuff, I like all of his stuff. You know, Ace Trucking was a high point for me and Meltdown Man and all this sort of thing. And then suddenly Mike McMahon came in and turned it into this scratchy Viking story, you know, and it was like, Oh my god, and blew everyone away. Um and like you say, we then got Glenn Fabry, who, for those that know Glenn Fabry, they probably know him for his cover work, maybe, you know, stuff like Preacher and stuff. But this was more traditional line work, wasn't it? Pen line work.
1: Yeah, it was very illustrative. I think he did do a couple painted pages as well. But yeah. the ones that really stood out to me was his, his ink work. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, did we get... Did Bisley come
0: after Fabry? Yeah, I think either? Bisley came out after Fabry, didn't he? Because they're, they're quite friendly, aren't they? I think they're. If you right. see them at 2000 AD conventions, on the 40th, they were sat next to each other, and they're quite. Com- he, I mean, Bisley himself describes them as quite competitive. Yeah. And he just wanted to outdo. Um, uh, he just wanted out to do outdo Glenn. And <laughs> they, they, I think things things get lost in the mist of time, Ian. You know, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. To be fair, I can't remember what I did about 10 minutes ago. So the, the, trying to remember what, what happened and why it happened and stuff like that. I listened to, I don't know if you've listened to it, the Megacast, the A D oh. interview between Pat and Simon. Um, it's quite no. interesting because cause I think M- M- uh, Mulcher asks Bisley, how old were you when you when you drew this? And he went, I think I was in my 20s. How old was I, Pat? <laughs> what, are you, <laughs> what are you asking him for? <laughs> Yeah. um yeah so yeah and i agree with you i think simon davis uh, more more news on that front soon incidentally um was another revelation for me i i sort of returned to slain i think i liked clink langley's stuff i found it became a little bit too photorealistic for me i would read it and it was fucking weird but yeah simon came in with this sort of I don't want to call it the old man logan approach because i know pat wouldn't have a clue what old man logan is but it it was the the maybe it was sort of churchill the wilderness years <laughs> you know it's like that you know it was a uh, it was uh, a later years older slain and and this i absolutely loved it i bought a page of it actually I've got a page of it behind me um yeah just he, the way he applies his paint it's almost oh. got like quite angular brush strokes
1: all the time and stuff like that I, I, he his his work is phenomenal and I don't know, I've seen his original pages at a table in Thought Bubble and they are really lovely, you know, all fully hand-painted and
0: I but that's where I bought a copy actually, was at Thought Bubble and I thought yeah. this dude gets his paintings put in the National Portrait Gallery, there's no yes. way I'm not buying a page off him for sixty quid. <laughs> Isn't know? he like vice president or something of the I think you might another. be right. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think he's quite you know, he's really well thought of in the fine art industry, I think. Yeah. Um, if you follow um on Instagram you have Jason Atomic or Manco, his partner, um, she's right. a model. She um She gets painted by him quite a lot, and they're just incredible, just, like, breathtaking. You're right, the way he lays paint down is just amazing, yeah. Um, Other people, Cam Kennedy, also brilliant, Mike Collins, another great artist, Um, Steve Tappin, and there's been a few people, and you're right, I think, it's one of those ones, if you're good enough to be on Slain, you're good enough to be on anything in 2000 AD. in my mind, that's kind of how I think about it, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's another, like, you see other artists pop up on it, like Jim Murray, who's got, who he, he ends up doing a lot of the fantasy sort of illustrations for books and card games as well, and he's done the okay. odd you know, couple of pages in there. Yeah. But I agree with what you were saying about Clint Langley. Some of his work, you see you see his drawings, and I, I really like his drawings, and then he sort of goes into it with almost like a reference that he puts over the top, and it's almost like yeah. a collage that he builds up. Um yeah, I like, it, I
0: like his black and white line work, and it reminds yeah. me a little bit of Bisley's early black and white line work as well. It's got Very that important. sort of scratchiness to it, you know? Yeah, I mean,
1: not. I think it's nice, really. It must be lovely for Pat to look back on this, like, canon of work where he's got all these different art styles and people all have their different favourites and the ones that stand out to them. I'd be really interested to find out which you know I doubt he'd ever say it publicly but yeah. which of the artists really stood out for Pat the most
0: yeah well when we finally get the space warp get together we'll yeah. maybe we'll <laughs> ask him yeah yeah um when the covid's over maybe Yeah. but yeah the so um Slane is um a a celtic warrior in the very basic most basic of terms he's so much more than that um he's also got that Destiny to be the king of all the tribes, um, which you get as well. But it starts off. He's um he has a, an act called Brain Biter, and he does these sort of warp spasms, um where he yeah. can be. It's almost like he he becomes this sort of muscular disfigured character who's capable of you know smashing walls down and stuff. And it, it's 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 a um an, a story trick that is taken to the extreme in a different way by each artist, which is is lovely. Um, he's a devotee of the goddess Danu. And his tribe is the Cesare, who we just mentioned. Early slain is is kind of a bit more light-hearted. It's he travels around with Arco the dwarf, um, and the main series bad, who appears in this as well, is Lord Weird Sloutfeg, um, which even the name is fucking horrible. I don't know why it's just yeah. it's reminiscent of this like disgusting creature, you know.
1: And the, that character becomes really, really, they they go to town on that character to make him as as vile and disgusting as possible. And yeah. and some of Bisley's depictions of that character are oh, really, god, yeah, really unpleasant to look at, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. And there's some great great moments at the start of the book as well. You know, I think this book often gets talked about for Sam Bisley's artwork, and and that is that goes without saying, but yeah. Pat's writing as well. I mean, I think it's a mixture of like high imagination and just, um, it's lots a, of research as well. has gone into it. There's really there's, is, there's yeah. a bit where he's talking about high in the mountain. There's a quote where he's saying high in the mountains of Snowdonia, invisible to humans, except those who have second sight where the dragons still pull the chariot of the earth, earth goddess. And so right at the start, you've got all these like concepts of like, it's, based in the british isles you got it in, happening in snowdonia you've got all these dragons and fantastical creatures and and also that it's invisible to anyone who unless you've got a special gift and yet you're being shown all these things through bisley's artwork at the same time so it's sort of yeah i it's think it's,
0: in, t- isn't it? it's testament to the writing that the um audio play which i that is only just come out it's come out maybe a month yeah um i'd listen to it again uh, the, today, and I listened to the start of it again and it's testament to Pat's writing that it carries it, it's epic, it's, um. I'll, I'll read the opening, the opening has always stuck with me, in a time where there is no time and a place where there is no place, I write of the great King slain MacRoth, who lives in em- who ruled an empire that was not an empire in a past, which was not the past or the future, but forever, because legends are eternal, I mean, how often do you write something like that in your life as a writer and, and, and this is packed full of passages like that isn't it you know really is.
1: really yeah and that that was the thing it's it's a great collaboration and I think I think Pat when he's doing it I'd love to know sort of how much instruction he was giving to Bisley or or whether he just let him I'm sure there were certain moments where panels had to be just so but I think there's also pages in this where he's just let Bisley go with it especially the warp spasm pages and stuff like that yeah um
0: because having worked with pat i mean you work with him on space warp he is very precise he knows exactly what he wants you know
1: yeah i think with us as well because he knew he was working with you know well i suppose Bisley was new to new to everything with this as well yeah he'd only
0: done the um abc warriors black hole before this didn't he? yeah yeah i think um pat pat's a, a great editor that's the thing that you
1: you learn from him and he he's very good at sort of what i really like about working with pat is when he when he gives you praise you you totally believe it because right. he he will tell you if something isn't right so when you get the thumbs up from him or yeah you know says that you've you've got that exactly how i want it you know he means it because he he won't hold back if something isn't how he wants to be but when i'm looking through this i'm sure there must have been Moments where he's looking at Bisley's work and thinking, I'm dealing with a bit of a force of nature here artistically. And
0: yeah. yeah. Ju- just going to let him go with it. Um, I suppose coming I- back to someone and saying, like yourself, you know, saying, oh, can we change this? Can we change that? You've probably laid down some pencils and sent through some pencils, I'm guessing, but yeah. he was painting this. <laughs> you know, <it's> like- <laughs> and we didn't have, we had deadlines,
1: but they weren't set in stone. I'm sure the deadlines on this might have been a little bit... yeah tighter i don't know i think i think there's some pages where it becomes a lot looser and, and all the better for it in my opinion but um it, it the, the, the there's a real mix of styles happening
0: across Yeah the i was going to talk a page. bit about this yeah because yeah. there's there's almost like fully painted but he's using um line work over the top of it occasionally isn't he is that right you're the expert yeah yeah, yeah.
1: it's almost like he's using like roughs like um like when you're doing your pages and whatever, it's almost like he's used his roughs and then he brings them out just by using the paints and the spray paints or airbrushes that he's using. And it, like there's some pages where there's panels, especially if they're of a the landscape, that become yeah. quite qu- quite abstract. It's really quite hard sometimes to understand what you're looking at. And then there's somewhere you can see he's put more time into. Yeah. So I think I think if he's capturing a movement, he's he's really trying to put it down quite fast. I know he does work even though he's doing fully painted work and now he I think he's very very quick artist.
0: Yeah, I've heard this him in fact I think it was him who said it to be fair, but I know that he is um he claims to be quite fast when he's motivated. Um yes. he did the ink pulp thing and he said if he's got a deadline in five year, in five days time, he'll lay on the couch for four days and do it all in one day. Yeah. Um but then saying that on the the uh, uh, 2008 cast, he was with Pat. Um, he kept. I think that was 2017. He said he was going to do the Joe Pineapples thing and have it done by the end of the year. And you're like, well, I think we're still waiting for that, Simon. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that's just attitude that's getting in the way of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think. I think you can see he's he's a natural. He's a natural when he's doing this, and I think he's, he, he he if you pushed him, he could probably get something done. It's just. Just need to a, sit next to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he needs a butler, doesn't he, just to get him out of bed. Yeah, and yeah,
0: yeah. Set <laughs> him up at his drawing board and just get on with it. I mean, he but... re- he remembers pitching um, for the ABC Warriors thing, and he says he drew Hammerstein walking through a field full of butterflies and sent it to Pat. Pat can't remember this, but says it's entirely likely that that is what's happened. And he says that's what kind of grabbed him the gig um, for the ABC Warriors. And then... as we say lost in the midst of time they can't really decide how they came on the painted thing but it was a combination of his ability and the fact that i think the printing processes at the time now and then at that point had suddenly allowed for it to happen you know you'd have never got that 10 years before because the printing was you know you had to load it onto the barrel or whatever it is they ran round, you know um and i think that's the benefit is the is the technical process at that point i think you know i think the other thing
1: about fully painted artwork and pat has said this as well is um you have you don't have to do as much drawing you can use like like we've sort of already talked about abstract shapes and colors to suggest a mountain in the distance yeah. or or smoke and you, you don't have to have everything in that panel drawn out and if you look at a lot of this he, he'll draw areas of focus in like high levels of detail but the further out to the edges of the panel you get, the more sparse, the more sort of um, out of focus they become. Yeah. So he's drawing your eye into the point of the panel that you, he wants you to look at all the time. But I'm sure that helps to alleviate some of the work. I know it sounds silly because he's doing fully painted stuff, but looking at it and looking at the airbrushes that he's using and, and stuff like that, there are there, there are ways where i think that you can take that little shortcut that can allow him to spend more time on some of the splash pages and the highly detailed fully rendered panels that he's doing as well
0: yeah i think there's a depth to each image as well it's um i mean we're going to go through the book at some point as we talk but the a couple of the moments i really like is the underwater scene because yeah. you feel the water around you, you know and the darkness of it and there's some moments in this where he uses a, a red background and you, you feel you almost feel like you're in a you know the heat of the scene you know or sometimes yeah. he uses like a misty atmosphere and the character is slightly back in the shadow so you, it's almost like you have to squint a little bit to make them out you know yeah he uses
1: a lot of like um blues and reds and so um there's a double page where um he's got um, what's his name, the one with the evil eye and he's riding on this sort of m- moose and it's a fantastic <laughs> uh, sort of like splash page and then on the other side you've got slain, so you've got like, blue in the background of this um, evil eye character and then you've got slain with a predominantly red background yeah. and if you look at particularly at the start of the book there's lots, and the cover as well there's lots of areas where half of the panel will be in blue and then he'll balance that out with a red or, or an orange colour on the other side and just complement those two colours together. Um, I don't know. There's just so much going on. There's so I think
0: it's quite experimental in a lot of Yeah, I of think you right, man. And well, I think he, even he admits to moments of rushing. And I think, you know, when he goes down into the cauldron to meet the goddess and, and you get them walking about, um, I think it's just before they bone and all the Disney animals watch them. um, there's a page before that that's just her making faces and the bottom right hand corner is um, slain in black and white and it's almost like a sketch from the inside cover of a book yeah you know yeah and I'm undecided whether I think that is him rushing or him experimenting you know I'm not I'm not even sure whether he would answer that question the same way twice you know yeah I, I don't
1: know I mean there's other pages like that. There's one with that um, Lord's Fague um, as well, yeah. where he's sort of dancing around, and it's these really great little gestural sketches of the character sort of dancing, uh, as he had done before with witches and stuff, and it's the same oh, sort of yeah. thing.
0: yeah, I've got that here,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, like, under-rendered. There's, there's not a huge amount of colour. It's just sort of, like, on the one that you were talking about, the first few panels are just, like, an orangey wash over the top, and then it's just the pencil sketches, isn't it, that sort of... Yeah set aside, but then on the page opposite there's another portrait of Slain where he's like fully rendered and you can see the amount of work and effort that's gone into yeah, that. Yeah, it's one. weird,
0: isn't it? It's almost like it's giving the eye of the reader a rest occasionally. Because it is yeah. so de- there's you know, there's um I don't know how to put it, this every scene has got things in the foreground and the and and, and the background and characters are You've almost got to kind of work out what they're they're thinking in their faces sometimes. I think yeah, the Pat's facial
1: yeah, Pat's got to do a lot of work with yeah, the he script. does yeah. Because sometimes the sort of facial features that you're seeing don't necessarily marry up with what yep. what the character is saying. Um, I think it busy's trying to buy a lot of goodwill to the reader, so he'll throw in a piece where you can tell he's spent a lot of time on it, and it's almost say, so, well, this is what I'm capable of, yeah. and now. me get away with a few more sketchy panels and uh, let's just carry the story on kind of thing but I think you're right and I hadn't thought that I think it does give you a break if every panel was as fully rendered as some of these yeah I I just don't think you'd flow through the story quick enough because you'd just be focusing on the artwork all the time yeah And, and it is a complicated story and there's an awful lot going on just in this one book and if the art is overly complicated in places as well it's just gonna slow you down isn't it and you're not gonna yeah. read at the pace that Pat wants you to so that may even been something that Pat asked him to do at times i don't I really don't know yeah but... I should
0: have written I should have messaged Pat to see but uh, yeah the i think I think you're right man I think it was like to me I remember seeing it and we we'd had. Billard and we'd had McMahon, we'd had um, Fabry and then we had Bisley so it was kind of climbing a ladder of more complications in the art and I think yeah. by the time we got to Bisley it was like a comic made up of heavy metal covers heavy metal album covers you know for me yeah, and that, I was like that, oh okay
1: Yeah, That is exactly right, I mean that, that splash page that I was talking about before it's um, Ballor of the Evil Eye I don't know if you can see it in front yeah. of you, but it certainly looks like a heavy metal, and that's why I think. That's where he makes a lot of money from as well. Now, isn't it? I think he does. So. He does a lot of heavy metal album covers and album art and stuff like that, and probably commissions as well. Yeah.
0: Let's, uh, let's have a little. See... Sorry, mate, go on. Yeah, go on. No, no. I was going to say, let's have a little chat about him. So he began drawing when he was age six, um, and he did one year at art college. His first job was a T-shirt for Kerrang! magazine. So there you go. <clears throat> He started, as we just talked about on the ABC Warriors story, The Black Hole. Uh, I'm a big ABC Warriors fan. I, I do love it. And it's. I actually prefer Clint Langley's work on that than I do to the Slane stuff. But, yeah, I think I think there's a real heart to that story. Um, we There is this overarching theory that I often ask Pat about that, that can surprise us of two strands. One, the Mills-verse, where, you know, it's almost like the Eternal Champion. These characters are... They've got the same energy about them somehow. And... They grow through time and you, you saw it from Savage through to Robusters through to ABC Warriors through to um uh through to Nemesis the Warlock and I think somewhere Slain fits into that, you know? Um and I think one of the, the first pin ups you see in the collected edition is the one where he's wearing a warrior's mask, like a helmet and it's almost like the deadlock mask, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean he's got all the different weapons that he needs to collect around him. He's holding the sword and the spear, he's got the cauldron below him, yeah. and these are all the things that he's got to go and collect throughout the journey.
0: To win the battle and lead the yes. lead the kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um the um he he talks about um how he's a huge Frank Frazetta fan. Um and you can see that, can't you? Um yeah. He's he has done album covers, he's done album covers. I'm not a big metal fan, I don't know if you are Ian, but I'll learn um from. he's a, he's done album covers for Guar Danzig, Last House on the Left and Mortal Sin. Comics wise, DC's done obviously Lobo, which I don't think anyone was better suited to do Lobo at the time than, than Bisley. Um, Authority Lobo, Batman Judge Dredd, which was obviously a huge seller, I'm sure he paid his mortgage off with that one. Hellblazer, yeah. 2000 AD, Dredd, Slain and the ABC Warriors. Marvel, X-Men Unlimited, Halo, graphic novel and Hulk issue 620. Not a huge amount of Marvel, I'm not sure whether his style was perhaps the house style they were going for, you know. Um, Dark Horse, Terminator, Enemy Within, and Reapers. Only and Dynamite, he did Bad Boy with Frank Miller, um, which I haven't read actually. And Veretic, uh, he did Veritica Satanica, and Death Dealer. Um, he um, influences, I've heard him talk about at various different points, is Klimt, um, Sienk- Sienkiewicz, Fredetta, and Corbin. Um, you can see the Corbin in his work, you know. Um, yeah. I think in one of the panels, he includes Den, the Corbin character in the background, I think. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, the bold. yeah, that's the one, yeah, yeah. Um, he is extremely well thought of. I mean, he's if if anyone says busily they go, "Oh, is he drunk again?" You know, there's almost this, isn't there? But you know, sort of, a, he's got this, he's got a certain reputation, um, which may or may not be deserved. I don't know, but he seems. Whenever I've met him, he seems super nice and um, actually like really friendly. I think he's very friendly to the fans, isn't he? He's very sort of approachable. 2000 AD, um readers drink more than the Queen Mother. So I think they uh, <laughs> they do all right. <laughs> yeah. But um, sign- compared to... He's been in comics for, you know, 30-odd, maybe 40 years now. Um, not a huge output compared to some other sort of more jobbing artists, I suppose, you know.
1: I think that would maybe just suggest that he's got this massive fan base that are prepared to sort of put their hand in the pocket if they want an original Bisley and, yeah. you know, I think... I how much money he'll be earning as much maybe even more from doing one album cover than he would do
0: yeah
1: or comic i would imagine in some cases and then the comic like you said the comics he has done have been big sellers in in the large part aren't they you know like like the batman dread or the dread batman book yeah. which
0: yeah still I, still I, i'm sure got, still in you can still buy it now i'm sure you know it's well, yeah, one sort of things I, I got that just for the artwork you know yeah yeah <laughs>
1: just to see what it was like. And I do think Slain is actually stronger than that, but I think that one's probably a little bit more refined. and Okay, made. yeah. Yeah, I think, I think actually as you look at book two and three, I know we're just talking about one, I think everything's a lot looser in book one. Yeah, okay. The layering of the paint isn't as heavy. The colours are a little bit more earthy and a little bit more washed out compared to... When yeah. you get into book three, the colours are just...
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Probably a bit too vibrant, really. You know, really,
1: really bright
0: blues. He uses a that. lot of bright, ba- um, bright backgrounds, doesn't he? Um, yeah. In the backgrounds does. the fights and stuff. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, a lot of bright red blood as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. The book one, I actually, I don't know why. I just kind of like the start of it. Um, I think it's because you kind of you're in the shit in book three, aren't you? It's all happening. You're in Vietnam and everything's flying over your head in a sort of you know mystical uh, metaphor, but the book 1 is sort of upon <coughs> me book 1 is um a, it's not a gentle origin but it's it's a poetic origin to a saga pat is creating a saga in the same way the vikings had sagas and and i absolutely love the way that Ucko mostly narrates it i think it's a great it's it's just this melancholy later in life you know the, he's he's alluding to the fact that slane has died at that point when he's writing it and he's being forced to go back and write the history of his friend, you know?
1: Yeah, it's almost, it's it's right there on the first page. He's sort of saying, you know, okay, well, not quite the first page, but he, yeah. he's sort of saying that that slain sort of come to an end and he describes himself as a, a friend and a companion and then he went on to be the royal parasite or something That's like it. that. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just, but there's bits in it where,
0: you know, Pat is using Uko to have little digs, definitely he's, he's sort of Yeah, there is, isn't there? Was that a thing about you've got to wait to the mood to take you or something like that? I think one of the yeah, things yeah. You know, we don't yeah. writers don't get paid in we only get two slices of iron or you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's all of that and it's just like there's a bit where he has a meltdown
1: because someone's mentioned the word "not." you should do it for nothing. Yeah, and, and he goes something. into one. That's
0: really well done in the audio play as well, actually. One of my favourite yeah. moments of that, yeah. Which leads me on to my second theory though. I said about the Mills first thing. My second theory. Now, Pat, um, uh, I've talked to him about this, and he, he says that um, it, it's almost like the, it depends on who the artist is to how Slane looks. So, obviously, yeah. Clint Langley um, and... Bisley kind of uses himself, and he admits to using you know, he'll pose in the mirror and stuff. But my theory is that it's all Pat. My 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 theory is that Pat is Pat is as Jonathan Ross calls him, Pat is a punk. Pat is the yeah. biggest punk here, and um, Pat's writing resonates with me as it being not necessarily completely him, but I just feel Pat's writing through it as the the, the main tonal element of it. You know.
1: Yeah, there's, there's massive digs at like, um, religion in this yeah, where yeah. you've got a, a, a druid priest telling Slane he, he should beware of this and Slane doesn't trust the messages he's getting from this sort of gatekeeper, this person who's yeah. telling him. And I think there's also bits about um, the, the Irish and British history that yeah. my wife's from Belfast, so I don't want to go into oh, it right, too yeah, she'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh,
0: there's one bit where he goes down in the cauldron and... The, the goddess and her handmaidens say to him, you know, what is it you want or something? And he goes, or oh, do you want to be the horn god or something? And he says, well, I don't really know. Yeah. And um, they say, well, that's the most honest answer we've ever had, you know, which is just Pat having a dig at all these people who sort of domineeringly think that they know the best, you know, and fucking yeah. these people don't know at all, you know.
1: And there's, and there's bits where uh, Pat's sort of talking about this idea of like um, – empires and, and, and organized um central powers and stuff like that and and slaying rallies against that and he hates that idea and he wants yeah. freedom to be the thing that everyone can sort of enjoy and the book at the start is really about this idea of can we can we work together and create freedom for everyone. Yeah,
0: it is, yeah. And it's, I think it's
1: the owner book one, isn't it? And it's only till the end where we start to get this horrible creature that ends up being sort of eating itself right at the end that we've got yeah
0: because the the last third is so dark in this book isn't it yeah the slough egg stuff and the and the the creature that attacks them and the betrayal by the woman and yeah i know what you mean and that that page where slough egg is holding the skull out you know it's just just i mean that's an album cover and a half you know um yeah that 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 that's when you look at it for a weekly comic there's not a huge amount of um, fighting, is there, I suppose? No, yeah. I don't think he needs it
1: because the, the fantasy elements are that high concept. You know, There's, there's little bits of a side about like, feeding dragons who were harvested for the diamond skulls and the jeweled ass yeah. and stuff. And I don't know whether pat got that from reading the mythology around the Celts and all yeah. the rest of it, or whether he's come up with that himself. But either way, he's interweave little lovely little gems like that all the way through this yeah. first this first book
0: um yeah, it actually um,
1: when you sit down and read it in one in, as a, a one book it it flows really easily and obviously yeah. but trying to just describe it to someone who's not sat there and reading it with all these names and all the things that are going on is really really it's
0: very complicated for that for that i think he gives the benefit of the doubt to the readers and it's the benefit is proven because they love it you know but he's, yeah. yeah, he's taken. He's inspired by the hero Kukulin and um, who's the hero of the Ulster Cycle and the Tain by Thomas Kinsella, which I know he spoke to yeah. me about. He's, he's a big fan of that. But uh, yeah, there's all there's loads of other stuff in there though, isn't there? You know, later on, slain fight. You know, he fights by by the side of Boudica, and he meets William Wallace, and he throws him through history a couple of times just to just to talk about stuff. I think you know, and to use that.
1: Yeah, well, he's a a great way of talking about things that are important to Pat, like history. You know, I think history is a big deal for Pat, and looking back at his Celtic roots as well, maybe. And, you know, Charlie's War, he was looking back on a particular point in history that I know we can talk about at great length, and he's really engaging when he talks about that particular moment and the travesties that happened there. And he probably looked back on Celtic history as well. It's just.
0: Yeah. And we get the yeah, Wicker we mentioned. The Wicker Man. Mentioned. The yeah, Wicker yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Um, all, all those things. I'm going to say there's one thing that irks me a little bit about it, and it's the lettering. I find okay. the lettering a bit inconsistent and at moments a little small.
1: Especially when the part is sort of Doing an aside to the reader, yeah. If it's Uko the dwarf talking, and it's sort of like at this point Uko did this or couldn't remember this bit of the story or something, the print goes really, really small, doesn't it? It does, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: and it changes as well. The font completely changes, but I suppose, I suppose the thing that's grabbing you here though is 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 on visually. It's always
0: going to be the art anyway, but I don't know. I'm... Yeah, I'd recommend the um the audio play because there's there's a couple of people in it you think could probably go back to acting school occasionally, but they have the smaller <laughs> roles. But I I wasn't taken with Ucko at the start of when I listened to it and I went back and listened to the audio play and I thought, No, I'm okay with that. I think because I have Ucko in my head as this sort of comedic character, but of course in this he is he often isn't, you know, he's this, this damaged creature. Um and it's it's just the it's so well written. It's like th- it was designed for it. You know, there's so many lines in it. That I thought, oh, you know, I-, I listened to it before I reread this for for tonight, and I hadn't read The Horn God in 10, 15 years. And I thought, oh, I remember that line. You know, it's yeah, I mean, so I resonant.
1: Think... Well, it's almost U- Uko's story, really. You get to know yeah. him more than you get to know Slain by the end of it, don't you? You get to know more of his inner thoughts and who he is more than. And what is life's being about? Yeah. Maybe more than you do, Slaying at the end of book one. Um, and like I said, I'm just looking at the page where he's he sort of shouting um, <laughs> it's the thought that someday someone's going to make money out of this saga and it won't be me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is, that is definitely, that's definitely a patch yeah. that.
0: That's it? a little shout out to the whole of comics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah oh it's so good for that sort of thing I just yeah. love I love the passion I, and Bisley says it in a couple of interviews and he says Pat is very passionate and he's also interested in what you've got to say and that's why he's such a gent I mean that's why we love him do you know what I mean that's yeah, why he's so he's consistent because he's
1: still he's still saying this now isn't he the, the problem hasn't gone away and he's he's not changed his tune he's still probably speaking out for all creators to say you know people deserve more of a cut I suppose and... yeah
0: yeah he's not wrong <laughs> is he He's not wrong. No. Yeah. Um, any other little bits in book one that you wanted to mention, dude? Any sort of panels or pages that you're particularly taken with? I just, I
1: just, I, I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about the way he sort of draws the warp, spasm, and stuff, and just okay. his general drawing of anatomy. He sort of, even when he's not drawing the character in a, in some sort of frenzied act the violence, he still draws the characters as it's really weird because I don't think there's many people who can paint in such a way that lighting and like, like the flesh tones of everything. It's so like Corbin. It's yeah, really aren't they? Yes. You, you feel like you could, you can, you know, that it's so tangible what he's doing and the way he uses these little pure white dots to pick out highlights on certain muscles. And he, he doesn't put a foot wrong with that, but sometimes the general overall, anatomy if you like and proportions of some of his characters he exaggerates muscle groups and he right some are disproportionate the, that one that you were talking about where slain's going into the cauldron there's sort of a picture of him just before he goes into it yeah and the rendering of it is amazing but sort of like the the figure itself is sort of drawn in this really
0: almost yeah stylized it's almost like, like image like... before image started isn't it you know it's like, yes yeah really is, is. yeah it, you know, you could actually become critical of it, but
1: then there's another one where he's, um, it's actually opposite the Warp Spasm page early in the book where you've got this, like, it, his body's all this morph, and he's got his hand is going through someone, and he's got this red left hand. Yeah. And then opposite, there's in my version, he's sort of slouched on the throne. And I think, for me, that's one of the strongest pan- He's looking straight out at you. he's got a great pose where he's sort of like just resting his hand on the top of his dog's head and then you've got the sort of hogshead belt that i think busily i think busily designed that as well i think you're right he
0: certainly mentions it a lot when i heard him talking about it and the thing the thing he does with with slain um is every face is something else every face gives you a little adrenaline shot doesn't it because sometimes he's leering sometimes he's like you know Dark in his thoughts, like he is in that panel. Sometimes, you know, he's he's when he's speaking, it's almost that he's speaking, but there's something else going on. Sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. it it gives the idea that there's there's more going on to Slane. He's not just this big, muscly brute that he's got. He's plotting and he's clever and he's a general. You know, he he's thinking things through. He's just he's not just going to ride along
0: and be a victim of circumstance He's
1: actually going to shape the future himself. Um, yeah, I
0: remember thinking about this when I was reading it at the time because obviously we'd had the young slain, you know, travelling through, yeah. you know, earning money from fighting and stuff, and then we got the Sky Chariots, and then we got um the, the King stuff with um Fabry, and then we got the Horn God. And I thought yeah. I remember reading this and thinking, Is this the end of the saga? Is this where it goes to me? Because you almost got not- a life a lifetime of him, you know
1: yeah it's kind of a natural ending to slain isn't it but obviously pat had more to say yeah. about the character and sort of yeah if you like but it it's also a story of i think like conflicts as well like man versus woman good versus oh, evil yeah. a, the, stuff about the sexual sex. politics
0: in this man is, is over the you know he's 11 isn't it it's um yeah. pat, pat is saying throughout this women are the true leaders you know, yeah. Slain is manipulated by the goddess. At one point she says something like, I'm I'm today I'm your lover, tomorrow I'll be your mother. You know, this sort of thing. This is just playing with him constantly. And um I think doesn't Ucker at one point say Slain was the person one of the few people who could be told what to do by women. There's there's this sort of yeah. element to it. And yeah. that made him more powerful, didn't it? Yeah. The fact that he could be told what
1: to do and and he he saw himself as an equal rather than someone who was superior and yeah that's what makes it puts him in the position where he he's, he's in the goddess's favour, I suppose. So there's that, there's the whole north-south thing where yeah. the north is more, in this book, it's more, I don't know, surrounded by the sun god and the earth goddess, and then the south is more dark, and that's where Slough Fae and all that comes from. And But he even <laughs> twists that on his head, yeah. doesn't he? So, like... Yeah. It, I'm it, saying nothing so, because you're clearly a northerner.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to uh, go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not
1: really that <laughs> <of them. laughs> it, it, There's a bit where he even talks about like it being the same religion, and then it splits into, and you you think that might be alluding to Christianity and stuff. So yeah. I think there's real big themes that he's he's covering here that he just sort of skips over them at times as well. But like that that one about uh, equality and masculine and feminine, that's something that's like it's literally
0: central to the whole story because it sort of happens in the middle of book 1 as well doesn't yeah. it yeah I agree completely man yeah um and um as we speak we've had the last slain story it would look like for the invisible yeah. future the the um invisible future for the, the the possible future you know um we i, mean, I read the last issue because i'm i i buy the prog I'm, I'm a subscriber and it was a moment actually you know this is a character who has been with me in different forms since i was 12 i think 13 I know. it's incredible really i i, I know and
1: it sort of, sort of launched so many careers for artists as well yeah. i mean there's there's probably artists that have worked on other things but it's slain that makes people think yeah if oh, you I hear that, that
0: slain's in the prog you're like right yeah. good who's yeah. drawing yeah exactly well. yeah. yeah yeah and i hope I mean, I don't know what you you think. I hope they retire it. I don't think it would be the same without Pat. You can't do it
1: without Pat. It's Pat's create. I mean, I'm sure they will try. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping I them, Pat's yeah. got some sort of verbal agreement. I think there'll be a lot of artists out there yeah. thinking, oh, I'll forget to draw that Slane story I've been hoping to do. But yeah, he's, I think he's, he's... Is there anyone he you'd look-
0: like to see draw Slane? Anyone who you've sort of thought about over the years and you think they'd be good?
1: Oh, you put me on the spot there, Terry. <laughs> Sorry, that's I didn't you that one. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Corbyn <sighs> would have been great. Um, yeah, I think, I think Mignola, thing, would, people... Mignola would have been great as well, you know? Yeah, a lot of the
1: people I'm think, are thinking about are people from the past because I think, like I was talking to you, I think it is quite nostalgic. It looks like Golden Age illustrations or 70s sort of fantasy art yeah. from... Frank Frazetta or Boris Bellagio or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, It goes back to all that sort of thing, and then obviously Corb, the Corbin influence as well. So it it's almost retro. Even the time it was being done, it was referring back to work uh, even earlier than this was. I think this was in the mid nineties, was it? When this or early nineties?
0: Uh, late eighties, yeah. But could be yeah, around that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Barry Windsor Smith is obviously, you know. The choice artist of today, but I think his yeah. his characters are too pretty for me. For this, he he draws yeah. too pretty I mean, for me. You yeah. know,
1: I think Glenn Fabry was probably the guy who did. I mean, even you know, I yeah, think Pat yeah. said as like his slain is the handsome version of slain. You know, like you said, everyone's got their own version of slain. I think Pat's is that one is the handsome slain. But
0: there's a few but... uh, they could have been in Baywatch kind of chicks in it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said ironically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i'd like to see tim know. truman i remember saying this to pat why didn't you get tim truman to do a slain and he said oh, yeah. i think he's too expensive and i'm like oh okay but uh i think he'd have been good i think you know there's a few people out there you know especially kind of european artists i think maybe or people yeah. in european Your, flavor Yeah,
1: you know, artists would be the way you'd go i mean um i can remember on the awesome comics pod you guys were covering europe europe comics and um is it she, the guy Joseph Holmes, who does that? He might oh, be quite. Right. A, yeah, yeah. A little, he's got like kind of European style, and there's a, there's a few that way. I mean, I I, I do really like Lieber as well. Yeah, I know loves that. He he could. I've seen a few Conan. Co- I know Slain isn't Kevin, Conan, but I've seen Conan covers that he does, and he he yeah. does try. He does draw like powerful, strong characters really well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there's a nastiness
0: is- about his characters as well, aren't there? Yeah. yeah, and I've yeah. just
1: seen some sort of the Silver Surfer pages, and they are, I don't know if you've seen them no, yet. No, I haven't seen them, much.
0: no, no. Yeah, they're
1: they're really amazing, what he's doing with that as well. So, yeah, I'd probably go for him. And maybe, maybe.
0: Sienkiewicz, you know, I think. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. you can't you can't go wrong, really, yeah. with him. But he, he would be, I think he, his work would end up being more in line with what Bisley's done here, because I, yeah. I do think that, that both of them use that paint and colour and... And just texture to just suggest forms and shapes, and I think Sinkovic is probably the guy working out there now, other than Bisley himself. Who'd do something closest to the
0: horn guard. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah, good. The it still stands up for you. I'm guessing it does. Do you? Is it a comic you could give to someone who would be a modern comics reader? Do you think, or
1: maybe? Okay. The first time I read it, it was all about the art. I mean, I. Like I said, I was I was finding comics for the artwork rather than for the writing. I hadn't got into that side, but this time when I read it in preparation for this, it was it was all about the writing that stood out for me this time.
0: Okay, yeah. And the
1: art was because I because now I've I've got a better understanding of what comic art is and all the different styles and all the different people that have involved. Yeah, I think real standout pages in this. But as a whole comic, I, I I think now looking back, the ideas and the writing is the thing that
0: yeah the ideas the are incredible, aren't they? Fun. Yeah, this is a. Yeah. I mean, Pat's done some amazing work, and this is certainly one of the one of my favourite bits of it he's done. Yeah. But he's done so much, you know. It does show the the value of a writer that you can put this this stuff on a page, and it is just utter poetry. You know, it really is. Yeah. yeah, I
1: think that you described it like that before, and I think that's a really good way of doing it, and that's how it should be written. Because yeah. these sort of stories would have got, maybe been put down as songs or, like you said, poems in the past. And I think he's trying to keep that sort of rhythm to the storytelling that you yeah. would have got in the traditional fables and stuff. Yeah, you, it's quite inspiring, isn't it, it's, to do
0: for yeah. that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Good. That was a good choice, man. Yeah, I had a real, a really fun Thank time. There's, there's quite a bit out there to research and some interviews to listen to. And it's always like doing that sort of thing. Yeah, really good. Um, I hope uh, Eamon doesn't mind us doing a 2000 character. I'm sure it'll be fine. Good. Um, <laughs> shout out to Eamon, who sent me the weirdest postcard today. He's now into sending me postcards. He won't admit it. I know it's him. The, uh... Did you start oh, that after, I, I did, yeah I, yeah. I made my bed around that one, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah, let's be fair. <laughs> Now, moving a, a slight aside is, um, obviously, we're buddies with Pat, but you ended up working with him, didn't you? So did you want to little, talk a little bit about Space Warp? So... Um, it came out marvelously, man. It absolutely looks beautiful, and uh, um, there's a number of highlights in that book, but yours is one of the one of them for me, I think. You know.
1: Oh, thank you. I mean, that was that was a, a massive experience for me because just just to say I've worked with Pat Mills is enough, exactly. you know. And I, yeah. Yeah, I don't need any more than that. That'll do. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know. It's just. It's just there. You sort of work in. You don't really see what the other artists are doing at all. So you've got no idea what yours is. You just you are just really trusting Patty, sort of talking you through it. What works, what you need to do better, and you've just got to keep on listening to him really and try and sharpen up. And there's some panels that I found incredibly challenging. I think out of all the um, pages that I did, there was only. I think three or four that I got through without huge alterations. Okay. The others, they, yeah, they. Uh, but there's two ways you can go with that, and one is to sort of say, "Oh no, I've got it right." You don't know what you're talking about, or you can think, "I'm I'm dealing with Pat Mills here. If he's telling me that this needs to change and improve, then then you've got to listen to it." And I've said it before, but it was like it was like comic book boot camp. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it was it was ace i mean i learned so much and i think um going back to the to the other project that I work on key words and i yeah. think people will see that if you put issue one of that alongside the two more recent especially the one that's just being kick-started i think my work's got a, a, a lot better than it was and i think a lot of that is down to pat really pushing me and n- not letting me think of oh, that's good enough. You know, sometimes you could maybe feel like that with certain other projects that you do. That will do. No one's going to come back at me with that. Pat will. So you're always trying to deliver your best for him. Oh, He's great. Yeah. So, go got mate. Just sorry. A pleasure work, just a pleasure to work with him. Yeah. I, yeah. D- I don't want to get yeah. I'm 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 being honest and truthful and saying that it was hard work, but I don't want anyone to think that it wasn't anything less than amazing working with him and he's such a great guy and so kind and yeah so sort of generous with his time as well. You know, yeah fantastic.
0: Yeah, he was, yeah. He's a he's a top bloke. And um I've been to a wine tasting with him, which may have been the highlight of my life. Going to the wine tasting <laughs> with a man that started two thousand AD was one of the funniest um yeah afternoons of my life but yeah i feel you man that's great stuff so for those that don't know about keir wordsmith did you want to give us like the elevator pitch what it's about
1: yeah it's about a girl who who lives in a in a fancy world it's um dave dave west has written a story um she's sort of starts off where she's bored she's living in this world that's war torn her father's disappeared as part of this war we don't really know whether he's dead or whether he's just missing in action she lives at home with a mother who's going through her own troubles because of the grief that she 's feeling about losing a father and yeah. Kia sort of takes to the rooftops and she 's exploring she 's a bit wild and she ends up stealing something um yeah. that belongs to a wizard and then that that thing that she 's stolen then opens up more problems and consequences that she has to deal with and we end up getting introduced to, like, lizard creatures and, yeah. like, ninjas and all these <laughs> different characters that come into it. And then the book that's just been on Kickstart was, like, called The In-Between because she is able to travel into, like, a shadow realm, like, literally step into the shadows and be in another realm. Yeah. And The In-Between is basically... It, it can be viewed as a standalone book, but it's sort of, like, what happens when she leaves issue one. And and before she wakes up in issue two, what's going on in that? Bit oh, there.
0: okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's cool. So, but you, you can read it in any sort. Yeah, of,
1: what you can read it one two and then read the in between, and it will hopefully it will still flow. But yeah. ideally, do issue one, then the in between, yeah. and then issue. Two. Um, and and it's just giving a glimpse into a possible future of herself, really, and. It, it was great to work on that because that was just like this sort of dream sequences going on and i love doing all that and i think that's why i've been drawn to things like the horn god as well in the past
0: yeah so it's got a kind of um you use a lot of splash pages on it don't you? you use a lot of bigger images on the page is that
1: yeah i mean
0: i don't know how
1: i'm hoping that will go down well. amazing, um, yeah. yeah it yeah the other the issue one and two are really there's sequential comics in what you think you know there's panel, lots of panels on most of the pages but in this it, it, it's more i almost thought it's like a book illustration thing it was it was originally intended to be um sort of like a reward tier for issue three oh, okay right you know we're just going to do it as like a maybe a 10 page short comic yeah but i got that's a big I, I that's really a big
0: reward tier
1: man <laughs> yeah well we wanted, we wanted to but it just grew into something that was <laughs> a stretch a bit... goal. Oh, let's do
0: a ten-page <laughs> comic for a stretch goal. It's like, yeah, that's, that's Well, that's, <laughs> that's how
1: it, what's going to be. But yeah. in the end, I just I just got carried away with it, and it and um, it turned into what it is now. Cool. So, have you envisaged
0: it's... it as a, an ongoing, or is it got a, a finite ending? Or
1: I think Dave's looking at six issues right. of it. So we've got two out during the lockdown. I'm already on issue what will be issue three, but the fourth book in the series. Yeah. So I think there'll be six issues, and I think Dave's got another in between planned as well along that. So it's a long, it's a long haul, but you know, I'm pretty committed to it. I want to, I want to get this. I'll make a
0: lovely trade, man, as well, won't it? It'll be uh, yeah.
1: The, that's what I was just going to say. That's the dream at the end of it all to to try and pull it all together and have it as a trade. You need that
0: limited and, edition hardback as well, don't you? Along the line somewhere, there, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, love that. I'd love that good stuff but thank you very much for no that'd be silly man we enjoy it we love it on the on the pod um and the other thing is um is your um patreon which we mentioned at the start of the show which is killing it i've been on it for now two days i think and i've already seen about 20 things so uh yeah put a
1: lot of stuff up there because i want when people if people uh want to check it out i want there to be a lot on there and i'm planning to put all my um unpublished work on there because I didn't just sort of. I've I've done a lot of work that no one's ever seen. I mean, I was carrying around a portfolio with a 24-page comic in it, and I'm <laughs> planning to sort of put all that out. It'll only go on there, I think. Um, and I've done other things that we pitched to like. Uh, there's two writers I work with that we pitched to Image, and we got a we got an email back off Eric Stevenson. Oh no! Nice. And I thought I thought we were in, and then the trail just went cold. So oh
0: no! I'll, okay going to put all that up there as well so i think the only reason you haven't posted anything in the last hour and a half is because you've been on this show yeah yeah Yeah, otherwise there would have been stuff on there for me i'm just trying to get people involved
1: in it but if people want to see my art as well they can just go to my instagram account cool man yeah um, yeah, we'll get we'll we'll
0: get your links off you in a second are you um are you planning to do any of the conventions coming up or have you you put in for thought bubble or anything or yeah, well, Accent UK are going to be at Thought Bubble, and nice. they've asked
1: me if I want to go along to that, so I'm going to be at that Thought Bubble table. And if anything opens up that's near, nearish, I mean, I'd like to do Nottingham again. I've done that once. Yeah, before. I haven't heard I haven't. this year whether it's happening or not. I was chatting no. to Mogra about
0: that earlier. Yeah, yeah I'd like to. I, it's one of my favourites, Nottingham.
1: I, yeah, I'd definitely do that one. And then I think um, next year i think there might be a few that we're getting invited to as sort of like space water parties oh, be... i
0: think i might know about one of these
1: yeah 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 it's the one yeah. you mentioned to me
0: yeah
1: yeah it was gonna happen this year and they were like really confident it was gonna happen and then Then i got an email and said it's fallen through but right. it's definitely happening. but well, i don't know if anyone can be definite about anything anymore yeah no, that's the way now yeah 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 <laughs> yeah
0: good stuff man so um let's let's have your links so p- get your pens out everyone because you're going to want to look at these so where can we find you mate uh so on
1: instagram um i'm just ian.ashcroft.art. and on patreon I'm the same i'm ian.ashcroft.art. So I've kept them the same. Cool. But the link,
0: the link to the patrons in the Instagram account, anyway. Good stuff, man. Yeah, i me. I'm. We've been. We 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 generally chat on Instagram, don't we? Because it's uh, yeah. It's a it's a it's a nice space I find Instagram. Although <laughs> although I sort of kind of forced you to go onto Facebook so you can join the Facebook group. But yeah, you're on there a little bit. But uh, yeah, so go to um, Patreon.com forward slash. Then what is it, Ian? Ian Ian Lovely. Cool. Nice no, so man as you probably just heard we're running a Kickstarter as well for Atomic Hercules weapon of mass destruction if you read it you will discover what the aforementioned weapon is um, it's mate. You might, well no me. You probably won't be surprised, but it might be a surprise to some people. Um, the uh, we're also we've also got a Patreon. Everyone's got a Patreon. You're not cool if you haven't got a Patreon. We're Patreon.com forward slash Tribute Press. Where George Mayhem, Mayhem is coming out five pages a week and a couple of videos, a bit of craft, a bit of back issues at the weekend as well. Um, if we every Friday, don't worry about missing out. Every Friday we post all of the pages so far. So for example, this afternoon you will have got 28 pages so far of the story. Um, and we're about halfway through. I think it's it's about it's about to kick off, so it's a good time to I, uh, jump on. I've I've been I follow it. Thanks, and mate. it's fantastic. Thank you, mate. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, it's really really good, and it comes out really regularly. I love it. Yeah, so. eight
0: o'clock every morning, you get it in your inbox, and uh, yeah, and then Friday afternoon, you get you get all the pages up to date, and then I think tomorrow, I've done a, like an unboxing of um, some stuff that I got, and Sunday you're getting a sort of coloring. Uh, digital colouring instructional video from Mister um, Thorpe, which is very good. Um, Adam, Adam and I are doing the Kickstarter for Atomic Hercules, and we're already working on the next thing. Me and Mister um, um Adam's always got ideas, and uh, he made me chuckle no end with the pages that he sent around. I finally read. It's what it's, we were talking about it earlier. Wasn't it? It's funny when you write something and then it, you, you get to read it like six months later, and you are like, "Oh, I forgot I said that." <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> like that. So, bro, yeah. Stop your grinning and drop your linen for here it's coming at you. Um, and then I'm just doing something with uh, Demetrius Zach as well, which, which is going to be taking on for a couple of weeks after the end of um, George Mayhem, which is um, entitled Fame. And you'll have to discover why by reading it. And yes, it is probably as bad as you expect. Um, in, not in art-wise, Demetrius is killing it. It's just quite lively. Um, good. You can find me on Twitter at s o s e z o h y z and you can find out all about what i'm doing what reviews i'm putting up what other podcasts i'm listening to and also listen to this podcast over at neverironanything.com thanks ian that was a great one man really good really good Thank you. the um yep, look at you, you podcasting I really... master
1: <laughs> <laughs> i had to do a few with the key Wordsmith kickstarter and <laughs> it's so it's it's so weird but um I, I really, I genuinely, I know i probably said it to you before, but I am a listener of the ACP oh, from Cheers. episode one, mate. I've listened oh, to that Oh, nice from, one. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I've, I've never missed one. I really genuinely haven't. It's when I'm drawing, that's what
0: I'm doing. Oh, nice one. Oh. Right. Good, so you listen to me. Yeah. I'm a slightly different person on that one. I sort of, I'm just there to take the piss out of Vince, generally, is my main aim. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I know other people
1: say it, but it's like you do genuinely feel like... You, it's really nice just dealing with your voices when you're sort of on your own drawing. And then I got on this as soon as you started this as well. And I, I've really enjoyed listening to these. Oh, thank and you, man. It's been great. I and mean, it's nice to see like Atomic Hercules doing so well oh, as well. Cheers. Great.
0: The other thing I should mention is the 14th of this month, we have got the um, drink. I am the draw, which is the, uh, you're the draw, yeah, man. it's a, it's a, a 2000 AD themed drink and draw for the lawless, comic convention which is going to be online um i get uh, the pun now thank you <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> <I'm slow>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's going to be a laugh um we had a little tickle through from sue sue today who runs a convention um naming three people who can, might might be coming along to the convention i got very excited on the whatsapp group i'm on um talking about it and a little hint it may have been someone we've been talking about today on this episode, so uh, hold your horses, let's see what happens, but uh, yeah, we're hoping, so come along, look on the social media, look on The Awesome Pod, if you're in the Facebook group, have a look on the Facebook group, we'll be posting the link, but it's going to be a fun one, it's going to be the usual nonsense, you've been to the Drink and Draws in, you know what it's like. Um,
1: Yeah, right, I I get overwhelmed, I never know what to say, (laughs) because everyone's so darky and
0: coming up with that funny stuff, and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) 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 A high point of this week was, um, or last week, was trying to give was it Sarah Harris instructional on how to work her procreate that just turned into filth, out of filth, long before I she know, was? I
1: know, like, what's, what's the most illegal thing you've ever done? I'm like, oh, Here we go. I better. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I thought I'd just keep crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, just don't go down. Especially when people were coming back with parking tickets. I was like, all oh, right, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, I should say goodbye to you now, and we shall uh, probably continue yeah. chatting in a minute. Thanks, mate. OK. Cheers, Dave. Thanks, thanks, mate.